Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a Christian psychotherapist specializing in trauma therapy, couples, relationships, and personal development. She is passionate about your life and is here to encourage, teach, and inspire you to be your own best version. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Now, with today's fresh insights, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, thank you for joining me today. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host with Conversations with Cynthia. And I hope that you were able to tune in yesterday. We have Tim Cameron with us, and he he spoke with us yesterday about his book, The 40-Day Word Fast. And he also has another book called 40 Days Through the Prayers of Jesus, A Journey to Prayer More Like Christ. And if you have not heard that on the Sunday afternoon show, that Sunday, the Sunday show is at 12 o'clock, and that's an hour-long show. He was on that so you might want to go to the website and listen to that show. It was a phenomenal book. So today he's talking about his second book, which is The 40-Day Word Fast. And it really is a very revelatory way to look at the power of your tongue and how it affects the world around you, your own health, your own heart, your own calling, your own destiny, and all the people that God has brought into your life for you to protect and to love and to encourage. So, Tim, thank you again for being with us today. My pleasure. Very thank excited. You for the yes. Well, and you know, the, the very beginning of this book, and you know, you talk about the story with your wife and how you had become very negative and very critical. And it was part of the time when you were really, your health was truly failing you. And, and you really asked God for some guidance. And He gave you this idea about words. And He talked about these six words of judgment, criticism, sarcasm, negativity, complaining, and gossip. And off air, we were kind of talking about, you know, where you really felt that God was leading you to talk today. And you really said you wanted to talk about judgments and sarcasm, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So tell tell us about that, because those are, that's, there's harshness there. Yes, there is. Um, I kind of woke up one one day in the middle of this downward negative cycle, and God began to deal with me about the issue of judgments. I think there's only a small number of issues in the Christian life that are absolutely foundational to you walking in peace and fruitfulness before the Lord. And, uh, you know, humility, forgiveness, but I've added to one of those, judging. I, I found myself, I was in a in a position where I had to make decisions kind of on the spot and do things like that. And what happened was um, I saw that I had become a person who looked at people based on the outward appearance. I was judging people. And the Lord revealed to me that we judge people in two ways. One, we think we know what somebody is thinking. We think we know why they're doing what they're doing. And then secondly, we look at somebody and we say, you have value, and you don't have value. And when we do those things, we put ourselves in the worst position we could ever be in in life, which is playing God. So I was doing this all the time, and it kind of became the way I did things. And God began to speak to me, and what I realized was, if I could, if I could move judgments out of my life and quit judging people, I would begin to see people the way God sees them as profoundly important to his kingdom. 
So, you know, I went on this journey of fasting words, and it just began to change the way I looked to people. In the scripture, uh, the scripture in Second Corinthians, it's 5, 16, and 17, where uh, Paul says, okay, from now on, we're not going to look at people from a worldly point of view. We're going to look at them differently. And then he gives that profound verse, you know, uh, that with Christ, everything becomes new. We become new creatures. Well, probably the most profound way we become new is not by looking at other people after a worldly point of view, not judging people. And what happens is it begins to change our heart. Yeah, I think that's powerful. You know, it's it's so insidious, you know, these, these oh. words. They, they, they creep in, and we don't even know that they're in, in us sometimes, and they feel so comfortable and so natural. And, you know, the hardest part about being a born-again Christian, being a new creation, is to not be the old, fallen creation that comes so naturally to us. Mm-hmm. And it really is a fight. It really is a discipline. And, and it, takes, it, it takes effort. Mm-hmm. You know, this scripture, Second Corinthians 10, 3 to 5, it says, Though we walk in the flesh, we don't walk according to the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are mightily for the destruction of strongholds, pulling down speculations, and taking every thought captive yes. to the obedience of Christ. There's a, there's a great section of scripture in Luke 6, 33-38, where Jesus is speaking, part of the Sermon on the Mount, and he says, okay, if you want, if you want to render compassion to people, that's the way you will get compassion. If you render forgiveness to people, that's the way you'll get forgiveness. If you speak words of life to people, that's the way you get life. And then he says this, right at the end of it, he says, don't judge. Don't judge others. Hmm. And then there's this remarkable verse in Luke 6, 38. And we misuse the verse to apply it to finances, and it really applies well to finances. But it's about, Jesus is talking about, okay, all these things I've just said to you. Uh, don't judge. Give, give compassion to people. Give kindness. He says this. You will receive, if you judge, you'll receive pressed down, shaken over, in good measure, great measure, will men give back unto you. We think that's about money, but he's speaking about all these things of the affective domain. That is amazing. You know, read that again. Read that again for the listeners. That is a really amazing insight to recognize what you are getting back when you give that out. Yeah. He says compassion, kindness, judging, giving. Give, and it shall be given to you. In great measure, pressed down, shaken over, will men give back into your bosom. So here's what I discovered about judging. Here I was, I'd set myself up to judge. I might just well have been standing on a chair saying, I am God, judging everybody around me, every person, everything, every decision. I knew why people did what they were doing. I ascribed value to people. And what I found out was I was getting judgments back on me, multifold. Wow. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be real, real uh, honest here and uh, just kind of confess and, and let people understand how insidious and bad this can be. When I was in the middle of my pain syndrome, I had three dramatic total knee replacements and a couple of horrible back surgeries. Um, almost died in one of them. And all of a sudden, uh, a few weeks after my last knee replacement, I remembered a specific incident about 10 years ago where I was in a 
in a place in Missouri in a theme park. I was walking down the road, and I saw a person in front of me who was walking and limping terribly. And I had this horrible judgment in my mind. I bet that person just limping to get sympathy from other people. Mm, and yeah. I reflected yes. on that, and I thought, <laughs> oh, my God. Did I just think that? Yeah. Yes. But then when I went to all these surgeries, and I ended up with uh, some limps and different things, I thought, oh, my gosh, has this just been multiplied back upon me because my horrible judgments and the, and the wickedness of my heart? And so I just began to say, hey, judgments are like the worst thing in the world you can be doing to people, playing God, thinking you know why people are doing what they're doing. See, here's what it really does. That's huge. Do that, that, that's really powerful. Oh, that's really oh. powerful. When we do that, it just reveals how much deception we're in. Yes. See, if you hear somebody say, um, okay, I really didn't mean that. Uh, I know what I was saying. You just misunderstood me. You know they're walking in deception. That's right. Because they're living after the flesh, not after the spirit. Well, they're adding lying to judgment. And, you know, judgment leads to pride, but pride leads to judgment. It's these vicious cycles that we get in with these insidious character issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, these judgments are really a function of our sin nature. The yes. fact that we're, we've got areas in our heart we haven't submitted to God. That's right. So, so here's the big question. Okay, if I go through life and I'm not supposed to judge, then what do I do? How do I make decisions? Um, how do I... You know, decide who, how to hire a person or not hire a person, or do this thing at work or not do this thing at work, or uh, associate with these people or not associate with these people. But here's what I came to see. You know, before the fall, God said in the garden that everything was good. Everything. See, Adam, sin hadn't entered into Adam's heart. So he looked at the strawberry, and he didn't say to God, okay, you know, I really love the strawberry." But the outside of it's a little rough. Can you fix that? <laughs> or he didn't look at Eve and say, you know what? Eve is really beautiful, but it's I always the butt. It's the butt always. It's yeah, the, the, I, I the qualifier. Yes. You know. Yes. No. It's sin that causes us to judge other people. And so when we submit that to God, what we end up doing is we start looking at people after the spirit, which means we look at the fruit of what's being produced, and that's how we make decisions. We become observers in life. I had my daughter, a daughter, come to me recently, and she said to me, okay, hey, Dad, my little uh, five-year-old, who she named Cameron after her maiden name, Cameron, Cameron wants to go over and play with our neighbor's kids, but I don't know uh, if I should let him. I said to her, Tina, have you been around the kids? She says, yeah. I said, well, do, are the kids kind to each other, or do they really... Uh, are they really criticizing and bickering and fighting all the time? She said, oh, no, the kids are really sweet kids. I said, well, you've met the parents? She said, yeah. I said, well, are the, do the mom and dad treat each other nice? And the words that come out of their mouth are the uh, words of blessing and kindness? She said, oh, dad, they're so kind and compassionate. I said, well, Tina, you make the decision based on the fruit. You don't judge people. You look at the fruit that comes out of their lives, and we become observers. And that's what God wants us to do, which is to quit judging and just just be an observer like Adam. I think that's very helpful, this observing piece, because one of the things I, when I work with couples or when I work with people that are dating and they're trying to decide, 
you know, it's a tolerance issue and, you know, nobody's perfect, all these things. And, and so one mm-hmm. of the things I, I encourage them is I say, you know, I don't ever judge a person's heart. I don't ever assume that their behaviors are indicative of necessarily a mm-hmm. character flaw because I really can't judge that. I'm, I don't know their heart. Mm-hmm. I do judge behaviors as to whether or not I want to participate in it, whether I want to emulate it, you know, whether I'm going to allow it in my life. But I don't ever have that angry or that, you know, looking down upon someone judgment about their behavior. It's like, is that behavior helpful, productive, uh, life giving? If it's not, then that helps me make certain decisions. But if I Mm -hmm. cross the line into, well, they're now a bad person, or they're less than, or, you know, they're below me, then that's mm-hmm. one of those judgments that, you know, you were talking about in that verse, that it is going to come back on me a hundredfold. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it says in Romans 8, 5, 6, those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Yes, yes. Those who are living according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's how we get peace in our life. That's right. We stop judging people. Because you and I both know, I've had behaviors in my life. I've had struggles. I still do. I'm going to always have things that I'm overcoming that God's doing a good work in me. It doesn't mean that that it's okay to judge me, the person. The behaviors may not be indicative of uh, of something of, of value or to be emulated or or, or revered. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm less than or that I'm now not as worthy or as valuable as, say, this person. Because I know lots of behavior, lots of people that have what look like great behaviors, and they do not have a heart that I want to trust. Mm-hmm. You know, my little granddaughter, when she says something, when something comes out of her mouth that is not uh, edifying or right. she uh, says something, um, what I want to do is I want to call her into who... God wants her to be. And so I say to her, Cameron, that's not who who you are. God has called you to have words of compassion and kindness that come out of your mouth. Every morning that I get to see her before she goes to school, I always say to her, Cameron, now remember, you've got to bless and speak words of compassion to somebody today. And I firmly believe that God can do such a deep work in our life that that's what he wants to have happen to us. Uh, listen to the scripture in Isaiah 50, verse 4. It's, it's one of those snapshots of Jesus that we get uh, from the Old Testament. It says, The Lord has given me the tongue of a disciple, that I might know how to sustain the weary one with a word. He awakens me morning by morning, and he awakens my ear to listen as a learned one, a disciple. And I was not obedient to what he spoke. I was not disobedient to what he spoke to me. That's what God has for us. That's exactly He right. wants words of encouragement, compassion, and kindness to and come out of our mouth. See, and I think you had a great example with your, your granddaughter, that you can mm-hmm. speak correction. If, if you're not judging somebody, then you can speak correction about a behavior, and they don't feel devalued. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's so, so important, that if we're really loving people, that we don't ignore bad behaviors— but when we are not judging their hearts, we are much better able to speak into their life in a way that's life-giving, that's encouraging, that's instructive, that's directive, that says, hey, what if we did it this way? Or what if we thought mm-hmm. about this? And they're going to be much more able to receive it and open, and it's going to be much more healing to them 
than if we either cut off the relationship completely, look down upon them or judge them or, or speak derisive things to them about their behavior. We miss the relationship piece that God wants us to have with one another. Amen. Amen. You know, we've got this soul, our mind, our emotions, and our will that the Lord wants to touch by His Holy Spirit. And every one of us have to make uh, very, very purposeful decisions about our lives. And one of them is uh, we want to we want to speak words of encouragement to people, words of blessing. See, our mind doesn't have a mind of its own. Our mind is controlled by the Holy Spirit that's within us. We control our mind, and we make this decision. Here, here's a great example. You know, in the Old Testament. Um, when they offered sacrifices to the Lord, the sacrifice they offered were burnt offerings. Well, in the New Testament, it's the same thing. There's a burnt offering here, but the burnt offering is us. In Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says uh, that we uh, are going to give ourselves to the Lord and experience the reality of Him in our life every day. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies, your life, as a holy sacrifice unto God. That's your reasonable service. Don't be conformed to the world, but by trans- be transformed by renewing your mind. And then you'll know what God's will is. We Amen. give to the Lord our words, our heart, our body, and we, we offer them to Him as a sacrifice. And, oh, the scriptures are so sweet. There's a scripture in the First Corinthians uh, you know, it's Second Corinthians uh, 3, verses 14 and 15, where Paul says, We are to God the aroma of Christ. See, that, that sacrifice that we give when we offer the Lord our words and our heart and our bodies, that sacrifice is a sweet smell, and it entices the Holy Spirit into our life. Oh, what a wonderful thought. It's a know? great word picture. I, I, I love that. I, I, you know, it really is about just, you know, I, the word discipline for sure, but it, it really is about truly embracing yourself, loving yourself enough to say, I need to be kinder and more compassionate to myself, and I need to stop speaking those words to myself, and I need to stop being, you know, sarcastic and judgmental to myself as well. Oh. Because the internal battle that we fight, then we externalize that battle. Then we start doing what, to, what we do to ourselves, we do to others. I'm so glad you said that, because that, that may be the most powerful thought about this, about our words. See, when we, when we uh, don't judge, when we don't complain, the, what happens, the person who's being changed the most is us. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't every, that always the way? I think every one of us have pet words pet names we call ourselves when yes. we're in private. Yes. Oh, I'm stupid. I'm just a loser. Uh, look, look how, look how I failed here. And that, that's not what God has for us. That's not who we are in God. See, there's a difference between what is true and what the truth is. It may be true that I, I messed up and I made a mistake. It may be true that I got fired, but the truth is I am a new creation in Christ. The truth is, God has a destiny for me. The truth is, God is good. He's calling me into what he's created me for. Uh, an experience or a failure or something, that's, that's, not, that's just what is true. It's not the truth of who I am in Christ. I think that's very well said, because, 
you know, in our culture, and I, I speak to clients frequently about truth versus reality. And the reality mm-hmm. is this, but that's not always true. You know, that because reality changes, you know, it can be this, you know, the reality of, of how I experienced you today may be a different experience of you tomorrow. And if I make a judgment on today, then I don't give myself opportunity to know who you really are, the truth about you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, because truth sets us free. And so if we're, if we're constantly evaluating a moment and deciding that that is true, then we get locked in that. We have no flexibility whatsoever to let God really speak into our life about what his truth actually is. And he knows the truth and what he wants us to walk out as truth. And I think, you know, this, this, this book is so helpful in, because what this book will do when we refuse to do those six words, when we refuse that, we will then open up so much more opportunity to hear truth. Because those words, those behaviors, those thinking styles really get in the way of hearing any truth at all. They become their own truth, which is a lie. Mm-hmm. That's so true. This whole thing about self-talk, about who we really are mm-hmm. in Christ, mm-hmm. it's hard for us to... The truth is this. We don't see ourselves as, as the way the Lord sees us. When we see ourselves and talk to ourselves, most of us uh, fixate on our failures in the past, and three or four things that have become kind of pillars in our life that were bad experiences, so we live the past and the present every day right. by the way we speak to ourselves and talk to ourselves. But the truth is, God sees us in a different way. And most, most, probably most people around us see in a different way. We don't see ourselves the way God sees us. Uh, he sees us as His children, His beloved, those who He gave His life for. And that's how we need to see ourselves. I think that's very powerful. It's like, it's similar to the artist that, you know, paints or creates, you know, sculptures. And and maybe the world doesn't like it, it doesn't sell. But the designer, the creator, loves what he created. And he didn't create it for people to like. He created it out of his heart, out of his, out of his, out of, his, out of himself. And we forget that we're created, we're truly created by God out of love, that he, he created us in love and loves us and wants us to continue to be who he created us to be. Well, again, thank you so much, Tim, for being on the show and and let the listeners know how to get these books, get a hold of you if they want you as a keynote speaker. I'm sure you do that as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my books are available on Amazon and and almost every Christian bookstore. You can uh, get it at Barnes & Noble or on my website at which is very simple, just Tim Cameron, C-A-M-E-R-O-N, com. Well, thank you so much for taking time today and, and being with us yesterday and today. And really, the, the heart that you put into these books, because I know what it is to write books. It's not always, it's a very arduous process. And so I really appreciate the, the heart that went into it and the time, because these are very helpful. So we're going to certainly have you back And listeners, um, make sure that you go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to the shows in its entirety. If you missed him uh, yesterday, you can find it on the website. Certainly, um, you can find me on all social media and check that out. And if you have questions, always email those to me. If you want a keynote speaker, you can also get a hold of me through the website. Have a blessed weekend.
to hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go online, CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Conversations with Cynthia is heard daily at 3 p.m. and 12 noon every Sunday on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Cynthia Hyatt. Until next time, remember, be your own best version. Yeah.